What do you mean all you wanted was a coffee? You got coffee, you got donuts, what are you complaining about? All I asked for was a coffee to wake me up. You you wouldn't even start the show without a coffee? No, I wouldn't. Well, Steve went out and made you a coffee. I know. You've got your donuts. I, I, will you settle down and start doing the show now? Okay. You know when it was just me and Steve? Yeah. We never used to have this problem. We also had problems with the microphone even working. So it actually take it a bit longer. Yeah, all I asked for was a coffee, it wasn't much. Why are you throwing the microphone? Fuck it. Three microphones to get this thing done. Three. It's a good Three. coffee, thank you, Steve. Yeah, I, I mean, right mine yet. But I've got a job to do before I start. Try our day, okay then. It's just good coffee. It's Best a good coffee. That's lubricated me enough to say, Hey, kids! We are coming to you live from Storm Chiara. It's a tempestuous gale out there. She is going to blow us from one side of the room to the other. So stay safe and stay with us for the next hour or so for episode 27 of Piercing the Veil. With me, Robin Pierce. Me, Stephen Pierce. And me, Tess. Uh, she's actually Tiff Pierce. You know, just in case you thought that we... Yeah, but why do I have to say my surname as because, well? Because, because it's part of a total package, Robin baby. Pierce. With me, Pierce. Robin D Sounds... Okay, sounds good. And me, Tiff. With me, Tiff. I don't even know I'm here. I'm just here for the donuts. No, it's just... It's called piercing the veil. Uh, I Everybody know. knows who... Everybody who knows us know that our surname is Pierce. But I'm kind of hoping that... We are picking up new listeners who might not know who we are, who might not know that you are my second-born child. You are my first-born child. But why would they know, need to know my surname? Because otherwise, the whole piercing the veil pun doesn't... Why are you even here? Because you have to say you're a pierce as part of piercing yes. the veil. Fine, uh, when you get married, again, and I'll write, say my whole name. Okay, hey kids, six piercing the veil, blah blah blah, Storm Chiara, blah blah blah, Dibble and Tondre Blow Gub Milk, blah blah blah, Stephen Pierce, go. And Tiffany Pierce. Yeah. And me, Tiffany Pierce. Oh. Maybe you'll get it right next time. <laughs> okay, so here we are, it's episode 27. And we haven't been gathered around this microphone for a few days. Um, it's been two and a half weeks, isn't it? Was, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The world has moved on a bit. It's stormy outside. We live on the coast. We're expecting 80 mile an hour gusts. Have you even been outside? Yes. I have been outside a few times, yes. In the wind. In yes. the wind. Yes. In the couple of hours. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay then. A few. Yes. So okay. Where's this going? Just went to the scared. Okay. <laughs> right then. So let's catch up. Um where we've been, what we've been doing, what we've been up to, what have we been reading, watching, listening to, and let's go with Tiff. I thought it would be me. <laughs> I thought it would be me. <laughs> How come you never go first? Because I am the chief presenter. So and when did you I... think to give yourself that title? <laughs> a couple of minutes ago. Chief presenter. I want to be chief I presenter. Am senior presenter. Well, you can't just bring your age in it. No. Yeah, yeah I can. No. no, you can't, old man. Pipe down. I want to be senior. <laughs> anyway, go. No, I want to hear you first now. Well, what have I been doing? Yes. Well, as chief presenter, I was born at a very early age in 1960. <laughs> um, what I've been doing since the last time I am, uh, oh, I've been enjoying Star Trek Picard on oh, Amazon I'm Prime. That's a great series so far. We are, as of the time of recording this particular show, Three episodes in. They're releasing one a week, so can't binge it. But Why I, can't you? 
Oh. Because they're releasing could, one episode. Yeah, but you could binge it, technically. You don't watch it, and then you wait until the whole season's up, and then you binge it. Well, I don't even want to wait until Friday to watch it. Why would I wait several weeks just so I could watch one after the other? Have you watched it yet? No. Oh, you're a second. Um, take place years after Star Trek Next Generation and the films that they made. So it's post Star Trek Nemesis. And I don't want to give really anything away here um, other than Picard has left Starfleet. Not under the best of circumstances. And he needs to go back into space again. Now, it's not um, every week we'll meet a strange new species mm -hmm. and we will violate the Prime Directive because there's a galactical threat that may involve, you know, complete destruction of an alien, you know, none of that. It's a slow, episodic burn. In a way, and the... it's, it's this Trekkie is very, very happy. Basically, tell you that journey. from the very beginning by That's following it Star Trek Picard. It, it's not a. It, it's about that character. Did you watch Next Generation, Tiff? Is that the one that used to be on Sky One? Yes. I remember bits of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You've seen. You may have seen bits of um, Star Trek Next Generation. I think you've seen you've more seen of Deep Space Nine and Voyager. You've definitely seen Voyager. Captain Janeway? Oh, okay. You quite like that one. Yeah. 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 Oh. Because you, they, they had a woman captain and yeah. you were a little girl and you thought... Oh, did she have the I think. Uh, that's that, Seven of that, Nine. That's Seven of Nine who actually will pop up. In oh, yeah. Picard. That's not a spoiler because it's in the trailer. And you, that was the character that you liked most. Yeah, yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. So. so I'm not actually watching anything on TV, no broadcast program. Yeah. The only streaming program, I haven't even caught up with Titans yet, uh, season two. Um, I'm watching Picard and really enjoying it. I watch it at about midnight on, you know, Wednesday, Thursday night, Friday morning. Um, as soon as it's released. And um, book-wise, I'm deep into graphic novel territory, uh, reading the uh, Nightfall prequel, where, of course, we met Dane. I don't know why I'm showing this book to the yeah. phone, <laughs> so I'm just going to put it down, uh, who actually broke the Batman's back, and it was... Uh, a year long, more than a year saga that involved all the Batman comic books. Um, into the cinema, yes, with you. Yeah. Uh, so we will talk about that later on. And uh -huh. um, we all went to the cinema to okay. see. Yeah, I'm talking about a separate one. I you know. Did, you didn't go and see The Grudge with us. No, I know I didn't. This could be you talking now, except you passed me the baton. <laughs> the talking stick. The baton. The talking stick. Anyhow. Um, still watching Star Trek, the original series, on Blu-ray, with upgraded special effects, as Reeser, of course, when we meet William Shatner. Ooh, in a few weeks. It, it is next month. Yeah. Exciting. Oh, it will be. It will be. So, what have you been doing? What have you been watching? Yeah. I've been watching The Good Doctor. Okay. You've also been watching Love Island, have you not? Yeah, but I'm talking about The Good Doctor. Why aren't you talking about Love Island? Because I don't want to. Oh, okay. Did you watch it? Anyway, yes. I've been watching The Good Doctor. And? Very interesting. We're currently on season three. Well, what's The Good Doctor about? I I'm getting to it! Ooh. We're on season three. I was about to say, and the team's like, what is it about? <laughs> Can you tell me your opinion on it? <laughs> <laughs> I'd actually desk. like to see you jump over this desk and smack it. It's not a desk, it's a deck, apparently. It's a deck? 
That's what he called it, a deck. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's about... Are you sure you sure you two kids are mine? Why? I don't know, it just seemed slightly, I don't know, backward, not it? <laughs> I don't, Stephen does. Excuse me? What? You don't? Yeah. What pet does Harley Quinn have? A hyena. <laughs> I said it right. <laughs> what about the earlier on was a hyena? <laughs> anyway, the good doctor. I think it's on like Sky or something one. like that. Thank you. Sky one. On like Sky or something like that. How how on Sky earth channel. It, how on earth do you find There's it? There's so many skies. I just told you what Because I watch it on something else. <clears throat> Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's about a doctor going through it. You mean DVD? No. Alright, don't take the lifeline then. Oh. Well, I'm just going to carry on sitting here eating my donut. Please talk while I eat. <laughs> so it's about a doctor going through his um, medical practice. And, um, Going through his medical practice, what you mean? He's killing everybody else? No, like another one back to this. You know how they start being like, not it's not an apprenticeship, but it's intern. There we go. That's it. You do watch this show, right? <laughs> yes, I do. Okay. But I forgot the word. Going through his intern. Yeah. Ship. Ship. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he also has autism. <laughs> So then he sees things other people don't, and the way like he can't react to people and doesn't like people touching him. But then he's really, really smart in other ways. So you can kind of have like an insight of his brain, because then the when he's properly thinking about something, it comes up on the screen like of all the research he's read, because he's got photographic memory. So you see what he sees on the screen. Like what he's thinking. Yeah. It comes up on the screen. So like, say if he's read okay. like. Um, a paragraph in this book is that's coming up on the screen, oh. but like kind of like a more faded version, so you can still see him, but you can see what his mind's going okay. through, kind of thing. So if this, if you were the good doctor, for example, you'd be faced with a problem, and there'd be a picture of a butterfly flapping away in the screen. No, because you're easily distracted. Yes, I am. Yes. You're a monkey with symbols. Yeah. Yep, Stephen. Okay. And what else have you been up to? What are you reading? I'm still reading the Harley Quinn book. Well, this must be quite the saga. What do you mean? I only started in January. Um, early January. Yeah. I've only got 70 pages to go. I was reading a bit today. Okay. All right, then. More on that We've later. We've got to the point where... More on that later. Stephen, <laughs> do you have the talking stick? No! So shut up and eat your donut! In quiet! Shh! Moron. That Fine. When we're talking about the character. Stephen! <laughs> Tiffany will not interrupt me. Thank you. No. Oh my goodness, he's got his notebook out. Okay, looks like let's a dog go. Notebook. <laughs> <laughs> me yes um watched a really good shark movie this week did you called 47 meters down on cage what is it about now that you ask <coughs> it's about sharks <laughs> basically the these um Four girls? Yeah, there's four of them. Yeah. They go cave diving. Well, they... Go, well, they... No. It's the ruins of an ancient Mayan temple, which yeah. is underground and underwater. Yes. And they... Basically, they are being hunted by a great white shark. And it looks terrifying. Because it's been underground and in total darkness all yeah. its life... Its eyes are like whited over. Oh, okay. And it's sad because it's been swimming in these close quarters. Yeah. And it's it's terrifying. 
So what is this on DVD or it's streaming? A, it's on DVD. It's a sequel to... That isn't a sequel. Yeah. There's another one called 47 Metres Down. Yeah. Which is about um, these ca- these people who go down in a cage. Yeah. 47 metres down. that. And basically a shark attacks the cage and they're stuck at the bottom. And, and they're oxygen yeah. Right. This is a sequel that isn't really a sequel. It just shares the same name. Yeah, and again, they are trapped in like these labyrinth sort of um, corridors uh, of an underground water temple yeah. where nobody knows where they are and they're attacked right. and they're all blind. Yeah. Of course, sharks don't rely on eyesight. Yeah. They feel the vibrations in the water. Yeah. So, so like, when they've got their breathing apparatus and they're breathing under the shark, the shark can't see them, but they can feel where they are. Yeah. The bubbles. Oh, okay. It's. I think it got panned um, when it was released. Yeah. And it didn't do well at the box office. I don't think it was shown at the multiplex. No, and the, it did. It was coming, came and went in a. You know, the original forty-seven meters down was also panned heavily. But I, I really enjoyed them. They're oh, very yeah. effective. Yeah. And this um, forty-seven meters down and caged, I thought was a better film. Then you, it had to write, really. Yeah. Uh, given the lambasting that it took when it came out, it's actually very interesting. Okay. I've been reading the Aquaman Jeff Johns Omnibus, which I've got two issues left. So, by the, two issues, you mean they're reprints of the comics? Yeah. And there's the, about the, 40 pages left, though. Yeah, but. How come you're not ripping him apart for still reading something? Because your book is maybe about 200 pages long. No, I'm at 200 pages now. His book is around eight to 900. Is this more picture? Mine's actually text. Oh. Thank you, Stephen. No. I'm not going to rip him apart for reading a graphic novel because I'm reading one as well at the moment. No, not for reading a graphic novel. That's not what I said. For still reading a book. You read an issue or two every night. How many pages is an issue, Stephen? Twenty. I'm sorry, is your name Stephen? Between 20 and 25, depending on the title. See? But it's with pictures. Anyhow. Cool pictures. Um, basically, he reinvented the character. Because he Aquaman wasn't anyone's favourite hero, which he says in the trench storyline. Which opens up. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, I, I was reading the trench earlier on um, about a month ago. It took basic I thought that Aquaman then it was followed up followed up by the others. Yeah. Which, and that's all I've read of this. Kinda of, it it's a good story. It makes more sense later on. But a lot's going on that doesn't really make sense in it. Okay. Then Throne of Atlantis is an all-out epic. Now, Throne of Atlantis Atlantis has been made into an animated film, which we've seen. Yeah. Okay. And I'm currently reading the Death of a King. Okay. Which... Now, that's a landmark issue, is it? Yeah. Um, That one went on for quite a while. Because the part I've got to now, there was this storyline called Forever Evil. Yeah. And that seems to take place in between. It gives you enough to give you an idea of what happened. And then Aquaman continues after that. Okay. And I've also been looking up a game that's coming out on PlayStation 4 called Dreams. Ooh, do tell us more. This is one you might like to. Okay. It's basically a creation tool. So you can either build your own game, you can make your own animated movie, you can make your you can do your own music, you can do anything with it. Okay. 
So even so, the sky's the limit with this. Yeah, I've seen some clips of what people have built in the beta version, and it's unbelievable. You would think that it's actually been made that they've actually been made by a major studio, but it hasn't. Okay. Okay. It's coming out on Friday. It costs its retail price is thirty five. Yeah, which for a new game is actually very reasonable. The only downside is I can't see it doing that well. Why? A lot of people, because it's a game that not many people seem to have heard of, I've mentioned it to. Yeah. I reckon a lot are going to go in and buy it, thinking that they're buying a game. Right. Not that they have to actually build the game themselves. Yeah. It's like you can have um, a two-player game, like with these split screens, but you have to program that yourself. Oh, okay. So you can, you can make a horror game, a racing game, an adventure game, an animated movie, a piece of art, you can do anything with it. That's cool, yeah. So that'll be here on Friday. Okay. Um, from time to time, we do give a shout-out on the programme, and while you were talking, uh, a Facebook message popped up from our friend uh, Eloise Sheehan from The Midweek Drive, The Stone Tapes, Sci-Fi Weekender. Um, and I think con congratulations are in order because she got the job. Oh, she interviewed for a job. Uh, she was expecting to hear earlier on the week um but she's got the job so congratulations, congratulations wheezy job done right moving on we had to say a sad farewell this week to possibly the last of the true hollywood legends from hollywood's golden age and this would be of course the late kirk douglas who passed away at the age of 103. Wow. Father of Michael Douglas. I don't think you've seen any of Kirk Douglas's films. Probably not. Um, we've, I've got a few of them in the collection. First and foremost, of course, would be 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, which I watch every year. Uh, the Vikings. The War Wagon. I don't think you've seen Paths of Glory, Steve. Have you seen Saturn 3? Yes. Saturn robot. Saturn 3. Hector, the robot, tracking down Kirk Douglas and Farrah Fawcett yeah. on a remote space station. Wow. So he retired. His last movie was... A TV movie that I've never seen, The Empire State Building Murders, in 2008. Possibly his best ever movie was the multi-Oscar winning Spartacus, 1960, the year I was born. It's here, but um, you haven't seen it. I don't think it's on the shelf behind you. I've seen Ben-Hur. He's not in Ben-Hur. That was Charlton Heston. See what I have to put up with. Mm. Yeah. No, I've seen that. Oddly enough, and looking on the internet movie database, um, back in 1996, the year that I was born. Yes, the Simpsons had him as Chester J. Lampwick in an episode called "The Day the Violence Died," and I am sure. We have seen that because we were watching The Simpsons then. I'm trying to get up a. Ah, yes! Bart and Lisa meet a homeless person who claims to have created Itchy, the oh, mouse from their favorite that. cartoon series, Itchy and Scratchy. And uh, of course, the home homeless person was voiced by Kirk Douglas. Do you have that one on DVD? Yeah, I think so. What season? Seven. Got it. Yeah. Um, when he, the day he passed, you and I watched a film of his that you'd never seen before, 
uh, a western called The War Wagon yeah. with John Wayne, where throughout the film they are constantly trying to um, outdo each other. And there's a, a really good scene in that um, where they're practically ambushed. But of course, you know, John Wayne, Kirk Douglas, they're not going to be gunned down in the streets, are they? So, you know, they outshoot their opponents. And Kirk Douglas turns to John Wayne and says, I shot first. John Wayne says, mine was bigger. So, so long, Mr. Douglas, and thank you for all the memories. Now then, Stephen, what did you make of The Grudge? No, 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 don't do, don't do, don't do that, don't do that. It's bad enough <laughs> that on the midweek drive, Alex Leftchuk does that death rattle and he does it deeper from somewhere deep within. You're creeping me out. <laughs> um, what did you make of it, and what did you make of? The original Japanese version, which we watched. I love the um, version on the cinema because it seemed to have every kind of. Oh. Imagine putting every horror cliche in a horror movie. In a way, you know, like the kind of. Building up menace. Kind of monsters. That's not a cliche. That's that's technique. Technique. Building up menace. Some scenes were genuinely unnerving. Um, I don't really want to give that much away because it's such a good movie. The original, though. What I find with Japanese movies is very odd. When you start watching a Japanese horror movie, they will it, it's kind of comedic. Only by our standards. Yes. Yeah. And you know, you watch it. They to a different sensibility, aren't they? Yeah, because you're watching it and you're thinking this this isn't scary. Then around the halfway point it becomes extremely unnerving, thinking, uh, no, 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 go over there, see. Don't you remember that Japanese game you bought from CEX? Remember that? Bloodborne. And that you won't play it in the dark, because it's too scary. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Really? Yeah, yeah. don't you remember that? No, I, I remember, I think it was the last Resident Evil game I played, with a light like, exactly. When the light was on, and he has um, he has to take a class the VR, yeah, that he's got. He made me sit and go through this ghost train thing on it. Okay, uh, it is unnerving and it's disorientating. Okay, I've never gone on the ghost train. He won't play it. He hasn't played it there, since last summer. Sorry, no, it's not because I had a look today when I was playing a racing game with you and your camera on the VR was not hooked up to the top of the TV. No, it's just removed behind because oh, you've right, seen... so it's not already set up then. So uh, I need you to go ding. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh -huh. Anyhow, carry on. I preferred the Japanese grudge to the Japanese Ringo movie. Okay. I, I thought and it's kind of a um, different point of view. I actually preferred the American version of Ringo. Yeah, we've spoken about this, and yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm with you all the way on that. Uh, the American version really freaked me out. Oh, yeah. Whereas the Japanese... What's this Ringo? Ringo. The Ring. I've not watched The Ring. Um, when I went to see The Grudge with you, I... It's one of those films that I shouldn't have liked. And I, I mentioned this on Siren Radio this week. Because it's described as a side call. What a stupid word. A side call. 
meaning it's kind of a reboot that runs alongside not only the Japanese films, but also the American films, and it happens at the same time as all of those. Now, The Grudge, as we... I don't think you know. Do you know? No. I don't know. The Grudge is kind of a curse um, that manifests when somebody dies in anger. Okay. Okay? And it can infect people. And it goes from person to person to person. So the film that we saw, and indeed the Japanese original, it's like one of those anthology movies, like Tales of Halloween or Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Yeah. Um, but the... The one thing that gels all the stories together is is the fact that they all happen at the same house. So we're seeing like four different families and it's how the curse goes from, you know, from each occupant of the house. Like the family will be wiped out, the house will be sold, the person who is selling the house will see the ghost, he will go and kill his family, you know, things like that. Right, yeah. Um, you don't need to see the other films in order to enjoy this one. It's probably best if you do, but when I went to saw it, I enjoyed it just fine, and I have, oddly enough, no memory whatsoever of ever having seen the American version. I know. Um, it stars Sarah Michelle Gellar. Ah. I have no memory of seeing it ever. Um, I was amazed, actually, that it, it's here, along with its sequel, which, uh, embarrassingly... Still in the cellophane? Yes, still in oh, cellophane. I remember still seeing Woolworth DVD still in the cellophane. With price tags, yeah. Yeah. I think that might be one of them. Uh. Um, but we, we, we enjoyed it. Yeah. And the noise that you were making, of course, comes from the, the grudge spirit, which makes this god-awful death-rattle noise. Um, it sounds like something I've heard of before, though. You've and heard I've not watched Grudge. You've heard it in The Last of Us, the video game. Ah, uh, yeah. Because, basically, they call it a death-rattle. In The Last of Us, it's referred to, they're referred to as clickers, because they make, like, a clicking noise. Yeah. It's the exact same noise in The Last of Us. Hmm. So, we enjoyed that. Okay. But that was not the only film that we have seen. No. Now, we have got two uh, topics to cover in this show. And the main thrust of the show was going to be Harley Quinn. Harleen Quinzel. Is that your whole contribution? <laughs> well done. No, I'm just saying. Harleen Quinzel. Now, Harley Quinn is a fictional character from the DC universe whose origin is a little bit different My from the, the, the norm in that she started her inverted commas life not in the comic books but as a throwaway character yeah in the classic Batman animated series of 1992, in an episode called Joker's Favour. Now then, I've been looking up a little bit online, and here we go. This is from Wikipedia. Um, let me see... The characters created by Paul Dini and Bruce Timm first appeared in Batman the Animated Series in September 1992. Okay. Um, she was supposed to be the animated equivalent of a walk-on role, where several police officers were to be taken hostage by somebody jumping out of a cake, and it was decided to have the Joker do so himself. Then they thought that would be too bizarre, so he had a female accomplice, a sidekick, called Harley Quinn, as a play on the word, you know, Harley Quinn. 
Um, so the, the character proved to be quite popular and would return time and time again. Eventually becoming a part of the comic book canon. Now then, she's she she used to be the, the Joker's girlfriend and lover. Um, in the series, the animated series, she went off, uh, she left the Joker and became a sort of Thelma and Louise type thing with um, Poison Ivy, another Batman villain. Um, in the comic books, she has, since the New 52 um, company-wide reboot of a few years ago, left the Joker and become more of an anti-hero. Yeah, she has no title these days. She does. So, we first saw her cinematically played by Margot Robbie in The Suicide Squad a couple of years ago. And she absolutely stole the show. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of time has moved on. Now there's a film out called Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey is kind of like a side group of um, female yeah. vigilantes operating in Gotham. And of course, Harley Quinn is also with these. And this is where the film comes in. So it's set in Gotham City. Um, it's got um, Montoya, the GCPD cop. Yeah. Uh, the Huntress. Um, Harley, of course. And Cassandra Kane. And? Who have I left out? Black oh, Canary. Black Canary. Yeah. Who was not originally a Batman character. No. Yeah, then. Batman does not appear in the film. But he is mentioned. He is mentioned. And we saw it last night on opening day. What were our impressions? And being that she hasn't spoken for at least a minute and a half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed it with uh, Margot Robbie. I, li I like Margot Robbie anyway. Um, I think she just... She's just an overall good character, yeah, especially unhinged characters. So we've seen her in I, Tanya as well. And even, Tonya. Oh, Tonya, sorry. Um, even in that, she's a bit like, she's slightly unhinged in that too. So it's just like... Slightly unhinged? She crippled <laughs> the other skater. I remember that happening in real life. Yeah, but she clearly deserved it. My daughter, Tonya Harding. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, and then in Cine World, they were giving away the posters, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. On um, a play on from um, the original artwork, which I've completely forgot. Is it Michelangelo? Yeah, but I want to know what it's called. Venus? Yes. Venus de Milo. Yeah. No? No, Venus no. de Milo is the... Um, this statue. Is this is where Venus is standing on the, the shelf. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's like a. It's something to do with like all things that are beauty and. Yeah. 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 Okay. To basically like promote beauty back then. Anyway. Um. Yeah. So it's a play on that, which I really like. Anyway, because I like like I really appreciate the painting. Anyway, I've seen it in Florence itself, but when you study the poster more. You see more bits of the film. Like I don't want to get too much into it, but have you been studying the poster, Stephen? I've seen, I've seen parts of the movie in it. Yeah, that's what I like about it. They're adding loads of bits. And the more you look at it, the more the more actually, you understand. Yeah. yeah. So see, that's the hallmark of a good movie poster because we were talking this about this to a couple of collectors of movie posters um, that we know quite well, and. You were talking about the Bond movie posters, how they had elements of the films, sort yeah. of like surrounding Bond in the middle. Yeah. And the brief glimpse that I've seen, kind of thought, that's like the style of the old classic, you know, Time is Forever, You Only Live Twice, Live and Let Die kind of posters of the late 60s, early 70s. Yeah. And it's a far better poster than most of the posters you get yeah. these days, which is just Photoshop. Yeah. Mm. 
Like, I really enjoy it. Even Sean's looking at the posters because they were just on the table this morning. And he was asking, why is there a... Uh, I can't remember what it was. Like, a, Was it an otter? A tutu? Yeah. An otter? Yeah. yeah, an otter and a tutu. And I was like, can't explain it. You have to watch the film. Yeah. Basically, I can't say any more, which exactly. I won't say any more. But when you see the poster, you understand more. And, but anyway, I... I identify as Harley Quinn sometimes. Um, I actually, I identify you as Harley Quinn. Because um, Harley Quinn, as we know, has a hyena in the film. Hyena. And I, I will be honest. I think that's why you have your Malamute, the big monster wolf dog that you have, listens practically only to you above everybody else, you and Boomer are like Harley and Bruce. Am I right or am I wrong? You're right. You're right, definitely. You are right. I do yeah. love my dog. He does listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> Wants to kill everybody else, yeah. but Tiff <laughs> is fine. And she stands behind him with a semi-psychotic smirk. Yeah. <laughs> It's when you take him for a walk and everyone gives you a wide berth. I'm just like, thank you. You're just <laughs> going behind you going, oh, la, la, la. Yeah. I could literally do anything to Boomer. He won't do anything to me. Anybody else, you might lose a finger. Or a face. <laughs> Stephen, your thoughts on Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. To give it its full title. At least you got it right this time. Thank you. For me, you didn't even try. I feel like the female villains that you've had, Harley Quinn has always been the best. A long shot. Okay. Um, like the character ever since Batman, the animated series and the animated series comics that they did at the time. This movie really surprised me because it was Marvel. I love the Marvel movies. The Marvel movies tend to cater towards everyone. You've got a huge universe which nothing else, no one has ever seen anything quite like the Marvel film universe. No, that's never. But what I like that DC do is, if a film say this is rated fifteen, if they find right this film is a fifteen. It gets the 15. They're not catering to everyone. It's, it's not going to be like a 12A that most Marvel films are. They won't soften no. a character like Harley Quinn. And one of the things the I was going to yeah. say, which I think is might be a bit controversial, because the film is quite graphic, I personally think that Harley Quinn is far superior to the Deadpool movies. Ooh, okay. You, you can have to back that up, I'm afraid. Yeah. Because, you know, people will be because coming up to me and saying, you know, control your son. <laughs> Come on. See, I really enjoy both of the Deadpool movies. The only thing with Deadpool, though, is it doesn't matter what he does. He's pretty much indestructible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can recover from anything. So whatever he does, he knows he's indestructible. Harley Quinn will just do it anyway. Yeah, with how Har- she she has no powers. Yeah. Literally, she's a psychiatrist and gymnast. That yeah. that's literally all she is. Yeah. And I found that. Some of the things that she was doing, if Deadpool had done it, it'd be like, oh, you know, Deadpool, no, it's fine, he'll be back in a couple of seconds. There's no risk to him. Whereas yeah. with Harley Quinn, there was always that risk. But yeah. Anyway. My take on the film was if Quentin Tarantino made a movie based on a comic book, yeah. it would be Birds of Prey. Um, the language in it was very strong. It was ultra violent, and the characters in it were effortlessly cool. 
It was by yeah. far Ewan McGregor's best role. I I, I agree oh, with yeah. you. Um, it was hard to see him though as Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin and then Obi Wan Kenobi. Black Mask. Yeah, he plays Black Mask, um, Roman Sionis, a recurring Batman villain. Um, they he played him quite effeminately. Yeah. Yeah. And in the comics, because he appears in the Nightfall series that I'm reading right now, um, the comic book character doesn't come across that way. But Ewan McGregor's portrayal of it, it, it all kind of fits. Yeah. And we also saw another Batman villain, um, Victor Zaz, who's no, basically, he's, he's a killer. Yeah. And he cuts himself every time he murders somebody. So his entire body is covered with like four slits and one across, marking off five. In the film, he just seemed to have scars all over. He, he pulled up his shirt a... at one point and told an intended victim, I've saved a special spot for you yeah, right here on his that. chest. And the rest of it was all those. Oh, for yeah, self-cutting. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Um, Zaz has no special powers except no. that he's a relentless and unapologetic serial killer. Exactly. I very, very much enjoy Margot Robbie as Ali Quinn because. The film is not told in a linear kind of way, like it, this happened, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened. It's more of, right, this happened, then this happened. Oh, wait, I forgot to tell you before the first yeah. bit, this happened. Yeah. And it all makes sense. I, I hasten to add that it all makes sense. But the film itself, the structure of the film, is a dead giveaway of Harley's, you know, scatterbrain mentality because she is a genius. Yeah, she's got a PhD. <laughs> she was a psych a psychiatrist in Arkham Asylum, and they assigned her the Joker, and the Joker kind of got under her skin. Yeah, got into her head, and in the end, she became possibly the worst victim of Stockholm Syndrome yeah. ever. In many ways, she's actually worse. She is worse than the Joker. Yeah. Oh, she is worse. Because the Joker is, is like a, a near genius. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the Joker does what the Joker wants to do at any particular moment in time. Um, the Joker is rarely, shall we say, soft. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Harley Quinn veers from evil, psychotic bitch yeah. to sort of likable, lovable goof. Yeah. But it doesn't matter what her behavior is in the comics or in the films. And this is where Margot Robbie does so well. She's always lovable. Yeah. She yeah. could be, you know, multiple stabbing somebody. But she'll do it with a smile. She'll do it with a yeah. smile, and you're just thinking, oh, Harley. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> why I found with... Really, you know, like you've... With Harley Quinn as well, I just found that with Deadpool... Yeah. There was never... The humour great in Deadpool. And I love those movies. Yeah. But the only thing I found is even Deadpool is never really in any kind of threat. No, because he can regenerate, whereas Harley can't. That's why I found what Harley was doing, it was slightly funnier, but it also, it captures you. also, like, see the fear in her face. Yeah, yeah. especially when, when she realises that yeah. all the gangsters in yeah. Gotham are after her. Because that pretty much followed the comics because it it, it was very accurate to the comics. Yeah. Um, but in the book that I'm actually reading, when you were saying about how she was assigned Joker, it wasn't really the case in this book. 
Joker was actually leaving her notes in her office by the orderlies. Oh, right. They were, he was sent, signing her something, yeah? Yeah. And then the orderlies would take her up to the office, so then she was out of interest going down there. And then she was the one that said, I want to just take that patient up, and then somebody else can sort out my patients. Okay. And then Dr. Leyland would have, um, was then signing other people that her patients, and then she specifically just couldn't... Now, this is a novel by Paul Dini, which is an expansion of his Mad Love comic book. Yeah. Which has also been adapted to an episode of Batman the Animated yeah. Series. Okay. Right. So, marks out of ten, Stephen. Um, marks out... What? Okay. It's got to be flawless to be ten. It was flawless. Okay. I'm giving ten. No. Oh. Okay, then. Well, are you gonna, you're going to give it a low mark, aren't you? No, I'm not going to give it a low mark. I'm going to give it a what I think is a more realistic, solid 8. I was going to say between 8 and 10. I thought you were going to say 8. Yeah. Why not 10? Because even Rise of Skywalker doesn't get a 10, really. That also gets a 10. This turn has got to be absolutely So why perfect. was it not perfect for you? Like, for me, it hit all the spots I'd wanted to. It hit all the spots that I wanted it to. Um, I came away completely satisfied. Um, I thought Montoya was kind of a weak character, and the, the actress looked a little bit older than I thought she should be for that. Yeah. I thought she should have more of a... Huntress wasn't developed enough. She, she was just more frustrated that nobody could remember her her name that she'd given herself. Yeah. Um, I liked Black Canary. Yeah. She had an interesting backstory. Um, gee, I find it very difficult to to kind of figure out which character I like, which actor I like best, whether it was Margot Robbie or Ewan McGregor, because they were both just stellar in it. Because mm. I went in, pretty much you can tell from the posters, yeah. knowing it was it was going to be more of a Harley Quinn movie. Than oh, a yeah, absolutely. Movie. Oh, yeah. Because the Birds of Prey, really, they're kind of side characters. That, they don't even come into their own until characters. the final act. I really didn't pay much attention to yeah. at all because I want to see a Harley Quinn movie. But that's the other thing, isn't it? It's called Birds of Prey, and we all wanted to see as much Harley Quinn on screen as we could possibly see. You yeah. never see too much Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Um, you didn't really need the Birds of Prey no. in this Birds of Prey movie because she shone. So brightly. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's kind of a little flaw. You know, in, in Justice League, you Batman or Wonder Woman or Aquaman or Superman, um, you know, Cyborg didn't get Flash. Okay. <laughs> he was barely in it. Yeah. Um they you know, he they, they Neither one of those characters got, say, a full 80% of the screen time themselves, which Harley Quinn did in this. Yeah. So, yeah. They could have fleshed out some of the other characters or just gone and said, Harley Quinn. Yeah, instead of trying to... Yeah. The, the Birds oh. of Prey could have been side characters if the main title had been... Harley Quinn, the fabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn. Yeah. And the birds yeah, of prey. Yeah, yeah. Right. It is the Saturday before the Oscars. Okay. The biggest film awards of the year are none. Personally, I mean, I used to take more of an interest in it than I do these days because I just see it as another bloated award show. 
And they hardly ever go with the films that I would award Oscars to anyway. Sometimes they do, most times they don't. But I thought we could take a look in the closing minutes of this show at what the awards are and maybe do some predictions. We won't have seen all the films, but let's take a look. Okay. Right then, let me bring up the screen. Okay, so Best Picture. Nominated, we have Ford versus Ferrari. That's supposed to be a good film. I've not watched see, it, I see that. I wanted to see that, but it kind of came and went, and we somehow missed it. I think it's out in a couple of weeks. On DVD? Yeah. Okay. The Irishman, which is, I believe, on Netflix. It's a Martin yeah. Scorsese oh, movie. Yeah, it's, it's a gangster movie. Three and a half hours long. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah you're not going to watch it tonight because you're half asleep now. Uh, Jojo Rabbit. Comedy? Yeah, where a little where a kid in Germany has Adolf Hitler's imaginary friend. Okay. Oh. Um, the guy who wrote um, Ragnarok. All right. Uh, Little Women, which I believe is an yet another adaptation of classic book. Yeah. Marriage Story, no idea. No. 1917, which I saw and enjoyed. It's the first movie that we yeah. saw in the cinema it's this okay. week. It's an, it does shows really the good. horrors of war yeah. without being preachy. Yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which blew us away. Yeah. I've still not seen that. Quentin Tarantino. It's another, what, about three-hour movie, Steve? Yeah. And Parasite, which I haven't seen and don't really know much about at all. And you've missed one. You've missed one. Which one did I miss? The Joker. The Joker. Okay, I missed the Joker. I thought you were doing it on purpose, to be yeah. honest, for it to be the last yeah. one. The so last I one. The We've one all should... seen the Joker. Yeah. The one that should win. I, I I would love to see that win. Yeah. I, I just want Joker to win. Um, I think it stands a strong chance because rather than be a comic book movie, it's based on a comic book character, but it's very cleverly a stunning condemnation of the mental health system exactly. as it exists. Yeah. And one of the things in the Oscars that they do take an interest in is things to do with mental health. Yeah. So the Joker pretty much takes all their boxes. I would hope so um, because the Joker actually has, I believe... 11 nominations. Um, also in the nominations, you know, with, with the Joker, um, Joaquin Phoenix is up for Best Actor. Um, where else are they? Best director. Best director for Todd Phillips. Best Adapted Screenplay. Uh, best Cinematography, Best Costume Design, Best Film Editing, Best Makeup and Hairstyling, all the main Best Original Score, um, and so on. Best Sound Editing, Sound Mixing. So, yeah. It's definitely going to win some. I would hope that it would win Best picture. Yeah. I will be very happy if it does. Yeah. I, I honestly think that that one in particular, not just being a comic book fan, but that film takes every single possible box. Do you know what I think is quite controversial in the best picture categories? Okay. The, the nominations, I mean. It's the Irishman. That shouldn't be there. That's the first time that's a film that is shown, it, it got a very, very limited release in to the cinema. Yes, Best Picture. Wasn't it a Netflix film? I didn't think it was. It, I'm sure it was because. Was it Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody? No, um, Steven Spielberg. Uh, wasn't Spielberg happy. wasn't happy that Netflix movies were being uh, nominated because 
the delivery method was different. Okay. They weren't in the cinema. It's played in the yeah. cinema, I think, purely to pay lip service. Because the last years... Didn't the Ted Bundy thing win something? I don't know. Was was Zac last... Efron, the... Did they win Best Picture? Was it a runner-up or something? Let's see. Uh, I'm going to look at Oscar winners. But I'm sure last year no one had heard of the Best Picture. Extremely wicked, shockingly vile. Oscar winners, 2019. Okay. Um, best film. Um, just looking if best our picture. listener can. Green. Green book. Yeah, it's a Facebook movie. Uh, not uh, Facebook. Facebook, sorry. Netflix. Really? Yeah. No, so, it's more of a... Is that not an Amazon Prime one? Yeah, but the fact remains that it's it's a streaming movie, yeah. Yeah. not... Because okay. Steven Spielberg said in an interview he wasn't happy that that won because of the delivery system and it was a film that... Not many people have actually seen. Well, I don't think that they can say that about The Irishman, because it seems to be quite popular. But the one I was going to say, which... It was a good movie, and I did enjoy it. But it was 1917, had yes. won awards before anyone had even seen the film. That's right, yes. Um, but they've sent screener copies to the Academy, but that kind of... This allows the public from having an opinion, doesn't it? See, I would really give it to the Joker, personally, because nothing gets people into cinema faster than superheroes. True. This film, though, isn't a superhero movie. Nope. It's not even a supervillain movie, no. because it's pre-all that. Yeah. And it's done so well. It, it, it's by far the one for best picture. Okay. So my vote would be, and I've only seen out of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine nominations, I've seen three of them. 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Joker. I would go with Joker based on what I've seen. Tiff? I've only seen the Joker. Okay. So... It's the Joker. <laughs> and I'm assuming that you also go for the Joker. Based on yeah. your long lecture. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so it's, you know, best actor, best actress. We haven't seen these films. There is one um, film. Uh, okay, best director. Let's go for this. You've got Guy Richman, Martin Scorsese. You've got Joker, Todd Phillips, uh, 1917, Sam Mendes. Uh, he won the uh, Oscar for directing American Beauty several years ago. Yeah. That was a good movie. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino, and Parasite, which is, I believe, a Korean movie directed by Bong Joon-ho. So, again, basically, I don't know, best director. I, I haven't seen The Irishman, so I can't judge. Sam Mendes, 1917, powerful movie. Oh, but Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino, a fictionalised account of Hollywood. Yeah. I would, again, for basically... Having the house. balls to pull the kind of film that he did, Phillips. Um, I think for one of the most remarkable scenes with when the Joker is kind of dancing down these steps, yeah. and oh, yeah. Gary Glitter pops up on the soundtrack, yeah, rock and roll part two. And I remember people saying at the time, "Oh, he should, he should have done that." He should have done that. For what was happening in the film, within the context of the film, there was no better song. No. That song was perfect. 
I, I like what I like as well in the Joker. Yeah. Is you can actually see it seems quite slow, but yeah. the second he turns, his posture, everything changes. Everything changes, and that yeah. hasn't been done since Christopher Reeve with Superman. No, it's Superman two. Yeah, when he decides to tell Lois, Marco Kidder, that he is Superman, you know, after pretending to burn his hand in the fire, kind of thing. Right. The other one, and we are running out of time, that I'm interested in uh, is Best Original Score. Oh, so now I've seen two of them. Now, I've seen one, two, three of the films, and I am familiar with the work of all composers. Okay. okay, so we've got Joker. He'll do Guatanodia. He just bring it. Apologise. Little Women, Alexander Desplat. Marriage Story, Randy Newman. 1917, Thomas Newman. Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, John Williams. This is the, the award that I am most interested in and I, I not only want but I demand that they give the Oscar to John Williams. Yeah, I'm with you on um, You know, Randy Newman, he... He, you know... From a lot of Disney. Uh, Toy Story. Yeah. Uh, Finding Dory. Um, Alexander Desplat, The Shape of Water. Oh, yeah. I think Suicide Squad. Possibly, possibly. Um, but John Williams, I have long said, is probably the greatest living composer yeah. alive today. Um, not just in films, but you know, his, his, I believe sincerely that John Williams's uh, compositions will be considered in a hundred years' time the classical music of the day. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. So uh, that's what I would like to happen right there. Now then. This has been one of our longest shows. It's taken an hour and eight minutes so far, so I think that we'd let our poor listener go and do something more constructive with their life. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. And shall we bother them again in two weeks' time with more insightful observations on the world of geekery? Yes. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> why not? So it's going to be goodbye from... Me, Tiffany Pierce. Me, Stephen Pierce. And it's me, Robin Pierce, reminding you, as Storm Kiara hits, to stay low, stay sharp, stay safe. <laughs>